Thanks for checking out this message from City on a Hill Church International. For ways to connect and get involved in the life of our church, please go to our website, coah.co.za. Okay, so um, welcome to all of you that are joining us online. We are so excited to have you here with us. Um, We're excited to hear many, many stories of men and women that have really um, seen the hand of God over their lives, as well as gone through some tough things. And so tonight, we're going to be chatting to Daphne. Daphne's actually going to be our host. Well, we're going to be doing it together. we um, just host interviewing different people from the congregation. So just to kick it off, we felt it would be good to interview Daphne and hear her story so that you know um, a little bit more about who she is. So Daphne and I have become good friends. We've really, I've really enjoyed getting to know her. She's just such a beautiful um, person and really loves the Lord and has seen him do great things. And so Daphne, just share with us a little bit about your background of before you got saved. <laughs> Yeah, just, uh, I think I, if, if I can start right from the beginning, I grew up in, I was born in a little town called Darnell, which is up the north coast, a little town. Um, my dad worked for Hewlett's, and we lived in the little barracks uh, for Hewlett's employees, and I think when I was in grade, grade R, going to grade one, we moved to Stanger, so I grew up in Stanger, I... Yeah, I did my whole schooling in, in a little sugarcane plantation town. I always say I'm a plas macy. <laughs> and, um, and then went to study in, in Durban and moved to Johannesburg. That's where I met my husband, Billy, in Johannesburg. And yeah, that's where I got saved. So yeah, that's my quick summary. Yeah, and um, when something that you were saying to me is that you were quite rebellious towards Christianity, and you really didn't like Christians much. Yeah, I actually didn't. Um, And the reason for that is, you know, when when somebody gets saved, they become very zealous. But sometimes zeal without wisdom is quite dangerous. So I had an an aunt that was saved and was on fire for God, and she was very desperate to get her family saved. And so she would invite all the children for my cousin's birthday party, but actually it was a a youth event. So we had people preaching to us and be waiting for this party to start and they would pray. And not once in those, you know, youth meetings, I, I ever heard about the love of God. I never heard about how much Jesus loves you and the price that he paid for you. All I heard was how everything I was doing as a Hindu was wrong, you know? So it, there was no love, but just condemnation and judging. And so I became very rebellious towards Christians because that's how I saw Christians as being rebellious, not rebellious people, but people that just judged, but never experienced the love of God. So, yeah, so I threw myself into my religion then to make sure that if any Christian confronted me with a question, I had an answer. You know, you don't tell me that I'm worshipping a cow. You don't tell me I'm doing this. You don't tell me because I knew what I knew that I knew, besides everything that I was taught by my, my family. 
And so, yes, I, I threw myself into Hinduism, not because of the love of, of, of the religion, but if I'm confronted with questions, I knew how to answer it. So yeah, I didn't like Christians. I became a real soul then. Yeah. Maybe you can just share a little bit about Hinduism and what it entails. I think that is something that, you know, just understanding what people believe and why they believe that, it's good to know because if you just know what we believe, it's difficult to understand because for us it's like, how can you believe that? How can you worship what you worship? And so maybe share a little bit about Hinduism. Yeah, Hinduism, um, they, they believe in a number of deities. Um, so you have a deity for your home, and you'd have a deity for studying, and you'd have a deity. So there's different deities for different aspects or facets of your life that you would trust the deity for. Um, they believed in all religions, so all rivers lead to the same sea. So no matter which route you take, whether you're a Buddhist, whether you're a Hindu, whether you're a Christian, whether you, whatever religion you are, you worship, you, eventually your worship went to the same God. And so that's why they, they're, very, they're a very tolerant um, religion, because they believe that whatever your form of worship is would go to, yeah. So that's what Hinduism is about. And there's obviously sacrifices you make, rituals that you do uh, in, in honor of the deity and to give thanks or, you know, those, the, that's what it's about, yeah. Yeah, I remember um, we did an outreach to Lodium once. We did door-to-door, -door, and I was just so amazed at the, the hospitality of the people. Um, even the, the iman, that um, mm -hmm. he invited us into his home, and he bought us grapes, and he, he was just so um, open. And what, what was amazing for me is, because he had all the different prophets up, and Jesus was on there, and mm -hmm. we were just asking him some questions. And... Um, yeah, just that, there was a, just that openness to bring us into their mm -hmm. homes was actually quite amazing. And I remember the one home that we went to, there was a, a, a husband and his wives, and he left to go buy us juice because it's a thing that you, that you, we, that, you know, must well, entertain. They entertain. And so he left to get us cool drink. And as he left, his, his wife and his daughters came and said to us, um, we are actually Christians, and he doesn't know, and just the fear, but they asked us to pray with them, and, but it was just so amazing. What we actually did was we, we told them we were doing a study about mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, different cultures, and um, yeah, but just realizing, um, yeah, that, that there is a, that the law, you know, people are hungry mm. for, for Jesus. So, Maybe you can just share a little bit about how you actually got saved. How did, um, with your, just your journey. My love story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My love story with Jesus. So, like I mentioned, I, I wanted nothing to do with, with Christians. And I was a real soul. Like, leave me alone kind of person. And, and so it was, I worked at APSA in and it's not marketing for APSA here, never. So I worked for APSA, and we had a Christmas party. And I know that it was a, a very <laughs> nice Christmas party because I came home drunk. And um, I went to bed. I was alone. My sister, I stayed with my sister when she went down to KZN to visit my family. And I was alone in my flat, and I went to bed. And 
when I went to bed, I had this vision. And it was, it seemed like open pastures. And there was a fence, you know, you know a fence built with, with rocks that you get out of the riverbed. And on one side of the fence was green pastures. And then the other side of the bed was, uh, of the, the fence, was a, it seemed like a riverbed, you know, where the ground was cracked and dry. And then Jesus came into the scene. And he sat saddled facing me and I'm facing him. And all it took was I looked into his eyes. And it was an emotion, if I can put it that way. It was... I just saw oceans and oceans. I was lost in his eyes because it was an emotion of love. He didn't have to say anything. I was just then and there just arrested. I would give anything for, for the love that I experienced that, that night. But he said to me one thing. He said to me, choose. And at that moment, I got taken I got taken to um, a very high, a tall building, and I could see things that were to come. And I could see the mark of the beast, and I could see all these little encounters that made no sense to me, but he showed me of things to come. And then we were back again, and he looked at me and he said, choose. And then I I didn't choose, and I, I, I felt like he said, choose a side, and I, but I said, I choose you. I didn't matter which side, as long as he was on that side, I choose you. And then I chose him, and then I got up of the vision, and that's when I committed my life to Jesus. And then the very, it was a, it was a Friday, the Monday, I went to work, and I found the first Christian person, because I knew I had an encounter with Jesus. And I said to her, listen, this is what happened. And then she took me to, through the book of Daniel. And she says, but this is what you dreamt. Then she took me to the book of Revelation. And she said, but this is what you dreamt. You sure you haven't read the Bible before? And I said, uh, no. She says, well, this is what Jesus showed you. And yeah, so that's my, my salvation experience. He, it, he arrested me, yeah. And, and what, is, what was your experience after that just with other Hindus and um, them now responding to this, yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't pay attention because I was enamored by Jesus. I was, I was so in love. I would go to church from a charismatic church and immediately after the charismatic church, I would leave and take a walk to a Baptist church. I just wanted to be with Jesus. I just, that's it. And, my, and I know my dad and them were not very keen on conversion. I mean, they, they knew no other life but being Hindus, and they weren't keen on, on it, but they never, um, they never judged me for it or said, no, you know, you know. We had little moments where I would, a little comment would come through or something like that, but I never took it to heart because I understood that they didn't understand this this relationship that I had with Jesus. So, yeah, there was no rejection or being sidelined or being, um, you know, judged for my choice. 
It was my choice. Maybe it helped a little bit because my family was in KZN and I was in Johannesburg and I started this journey on my own. And uh, <laughs> so I think it helped a little bit. And then three months later, I met Billy and then that helped also a little bit. But I was so in love. I just wanted to be in his presence and I just, wanted, I just fell more and more in love with him. Yeah, so I'd never really had any encounters with anybody else. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that there were also people praying for you as well, hey? That, do you think that, like, why, well, I don't know if you could answer this, but why do you feel that God would have, like, cho you know, chosen to reveal himself in this way? Or It's funny that you ask that question. <clears throat> I can remember growing up never having a sense of, Be belonging to the family that I was in. I never felt, and I always thought it was rejection. And I always thought it was, you know, we, we, we struggle with that rejection and never feeling like you belong. <laughs> I was just sharing with my kids that, um, you know, when, when at the Hindu festivals, you would have people that would manifest in the deity. And I so wanted to have a deity live in me because you felt that, you know, I, I, I want God in me. I want, but it never happened. And, and I remember the deity would always, well, the person that would, would manifest the deity would sort of bless people and skip me. So I felt rejected by God as well. And, and then one day I stood there like, as he put his hand there, I would move my head to get a blessing, you know. And he looked at me and he said, he just, he couldn't speak. He didn't speak. I think that the deity didn't speak. And he looked at me and he said, no. And he pointed to me again and he pointed up. And I couldn't understand. Are you saying that God doesn't want to bless me? And I was so desperate that I didn't feel like I belonged in the family. I didn't feel like I belonged you know, even God was rejecting me. Until many, 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 many years ago, after I'd gotten saved, I, one of the gentlemen that I worked with, I said, Nia, I need to ask this guy this question. Why? And he looked at me and I said, listen, I had this experience a number of times growing up. Why did, you know, this happen? Why did they never, why, why was I never blessed? He said to me, when you are in the, the spirit, we can see that you, your, God's hand is over you. And so we don't have the authority to lay hands on you. Even being a Hindu, he didn't have the authority to lay hands on me because I was set apart. And then it settled in my spirit. Man, I wasn't rejected by God. I wasn't rejected by my family. I was set apart by God. Before the foundations of the earth. So I grew up 19 years of my life serving um, in, in, in a religion that I was set apart from. So that's why, if you ask the question, why God had to, it's because he called me. And he, and he set me apart. So I often say to people when they feel, oh, I, I was rejected and I've, I've got to, you know, no, man, you are set apart. Yeah. Sure. It actually makes me think of, um, I was traveling back from the States, and I don't know if I've shared the story with you, but there was a Hindu man um, on the airplane next to me, 
and I, I usually like to talk to people and find out, and I'm very fascinated about their stories. And he kept saying to me, I see this, there's this light in you, you know, there's this light, there's this, but he would, he would say, it's so, it's so bright, and he was, he was just sharing all this, his whole story, and he, and he was saying, I've never told this to anyone, I've, I don't know why I'm telling you this, I've never shared these things with, and so what you're saying about people seeing the spirit realm, do you feel that for us as Christians, we need to be a little bit more aware of the spirit realm or do you what are your thoughts on that <laughs> i think yes you need to be aware don't be consumed by it but be aware that you are seen um, by the spirit realm as well equally so be aware be very aware but don't let it consume you yeah because we tend to be drawn into it, and then everything, it, you become, yeah, it becomes overwhelming. So, so yeah, be, also be vigilant, because there is a dark side, and that could draw you in. Um, but, yeah, be, be aware of it. There is definitely a, spirit, a spiritual realm that we should be conscious of, yeah. And do you, do you think trying to convert a Hindu through speaking about the spirit realm and all of that would be a wise approach? Or what would you say would be a, a better, or if, yeah, what would you say in terms of reaching people in there? The only thing is love. That's what drew me. And I was stubborn, rebellious, wanted nothing to do with Christian people. And I often say this, is uh, nobody can convert you except Jesus. My responsibility, my only responsibility is to show you Jesus through the way that I love you. But the Holy Spirit convicts and converts. So yeah, no, I say just love. Love on people with an everlasting love. Ask the Lord to show you people through his eyes to develop a love for his people. And how will the world know that you are my disciples? By your love for one another. So just ask God to show you how he feels about anybody from any religion and let him do what he does. I remember once God said to me, because I was also at the stage desperate and longing for my family to be saved. And God said to me, stop it, you're getting in my way. <laughs> stop it, you're getting in my way. Love your family. Love them and let me do what I do best. And so, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just love his people. Yeah. Sure. Let me just check if, how we're doing Yeah. So what about your, your baptism and your baptism in the Holy Spirit? Because now you you had encountered Jesus, would you see that as having, in that moment, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, or was it a different situation? It was, it was different. Funny enough, it was very different. Um, so, let's start with water baptism. So, I remember my house. I wasn't saved. You know, I visited once, and that was uh, um Boarding with my son, went to a church and he invited me for something. I didn't get saved 
So I didn't have any into any church. And so everything that I wanted with, with God and, you know, was that. And so I would get up. The one night, one night I get up, semi-asleep. This massive, I lived in here, by the way. And there was this massive ball fire that came through my window. And it came, picked me up, spun me around, and laid me back. So here's this ball of fire. Picked me up, spun me around, gently. I wasn't afraid of anything. And, he, and it laid me down on my bed. And the next minute I was up, and I started speaking in tongues, and I was out the next morning. And I'd get up and say, what's that? What happened to me? And I would hear this audible voice say, get baptized. Okay, get baptized. Okay, get baptized. You know? And then a few days later, I'd have another encounter, and I'd get up, lay in, sit up in bed, and I'm speaking in tongues. Now, I don't even know what tongues is, and I'm just saying something, and I'd pass out to the next morning. It's almost, you know, they say, slaying in the spirit. Lights out to the next morning. I'd get up and, Lord, what is that? I want more of it. I want more of it. And I would hear this voice say, get baptized. And then that's when I started my journey in the church, you know, and, and, and um, found a light group and got a light group leader to explain to me what is this baptism all about. And, and, and so that night, when I, the night I got baptized, um, the church made it a point of baptizing you in water, and then they would take you into a separate room and pray with you. Spirit-filled people will pray for you until you got filled with the Holy Spirit. And um, that night, water baptism, and I went into this room, felt a little bit of tingling, but no real encounter with the Holy Spirit. And I was so disappointed. I said, I want this being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I want this, I want this, but unfortunately it didn't happen. That evening after the baptism, the church in those days used to have a Holy Ghost meeting. And so, so I went back in the congregation and I sat and I was watching all these people running down the aisles and in, with, filled with the joy and weeping and speaking in tongues and I sat there very sad. And the next minute, we sat right at the back of the church. Next minute, these macho men, they came all macho and sitting there, and I'm not going to be moved. They got filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they, the one guy started laughing, filled with joy. And he wasn't so macho thereafter because then the other guy looked at him, and he started laughing at him, and they got filled with the joy, and they were rolling down the aisles because they were so full, and then I got filled with the joy. And so my children still say to me, but why do you smile so much? You know, you, you drive, and while you're driving, you're smiling. I said, because my face is an expression of my baptism. So I got filled with joy, so yeah, the Lord is in my face all the time. <laughs> so, so this happened after those other spiritual encounters that you had had, had. and um, it's amazing how the Lord is such a personal God it's not 
it's a formula, hey. It's not like, okay, well, this is, these are the steps. It sounds like he's just was on a personal journey with you. Yeah. But what about now? Do you still have these crazy experiences? And, well, are there times where it's just the, the word? You know, tell us a little bit about the, the, the scriptures and how that became real to you as well. Yeah. So the very first experience that I had with the word was um, when I asked him, why me? There's so many millions of people that need salvation, and I'm so undeserving of the salvation. And so why me? And why so late in my, I was 19, and it was late in my life, but why me? And then it's the first time when I opened the Bible, because our, the guy that uh, lived with us had a Bible, and I opened it, and it says, I have not come for the righteous but I've come to bring the sinners to repentance. Very first time. And then, like a penny had dropped, okay, I'm, I'm not deserving of salvation, but through Christ I am deserving of salvation. And so, yeah, the craziness hasn't stopped. Jesus hasn't changed. He's still the same Jesus then as he is now. And I think the more you pursue him, the more he reveals himself to you, uh, the encounters don't change. Um, the dreams don't change. Um, and, um, yeah, he becomes more real to you. And I think as you journey with him, as you walk with him, you know, the, you grow in the word. But I always say we can have knowledge of the word. But the only time the word becomes a revelation is when it moves from your head into your heart. And the only place it moves from your head to your heart is when you go through the fires of testing and you have nothing else to hold on to but his word. To me. So I'm saying count it all joy when you face trials is because those are the times when the word becomes alive to you. Other than that, it's just head knowledge. Yeah. But you speaking about those trials and... You know, sometimes the perception can be, okay, you got saved and it was just, you're always smiling and it's always the joy of the Lord and you never, you haven't faced any difficult things. And <laughs> so just maybe you could share just a few of the things that have actually been hard for you as a Christian. Um, yeah, and where you have had to just trust the Lord. And... We hope you enjoyed this message from City on a Hill Church International. For more content and ways to connect, visit www.coah.co.za. Thanks for listening.